your Catholic drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. You have survived it. It is Friday and the weekend is upon you. Praise be to God. Hopefully your day is going to be great and your weekend even better. We're going to have a great show for you today. The biggest convert to the Catholic Church from the Church of England in 100 years. So much to give God praise for. But somehow, some way, there are people in the Vatican that are upset about it. Why? Why would that be the case? We're going to have a conversation about why that's the case with uh, Dr. Jules Gomez again. He was on earlier this week. We're having him back to discuss this important topic on this program at 15 past the hour. Also, what is it like being a Catholic in Hollywood? We've had conversations in the past with people, various people who have worked in Hollywood, actors and such. And today we have a, uh, a stunt woman on the program. Uh, Brenda Lorena Garcia is going to join our program to talk about how hard it might be to live a devout Catholic life in the midst of Hollywood and that community. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. So there is a lot to jump into today and so many stories to cover as well. Uh, praise be to God. But in spite of all the difficulties, it is uh, good to be here. Well, sort of, at least. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Yes, uh, today I'm learning more and more the importance of Catholic radio because nothing is working today. <laughs> uh, yet, even though nothing is working today, it is still good to be here. Yeah. But yes, our Odyssey, Odyssey live stream, just, I mean, Odyssey just in general just crashed. Right. Uh, YouTube <laughs> is having issues streaming right now. And so right now we're only streaming on Facebook and our website. And then, of course, on the radio. So praise be to God for radio. So because of radio... It is still good to be here. You know, I talk about it's Friday. Fridays are always the day where things start to act up and and go squirrely. I'm trying to walk out the door this morning at like, you know, 3.20 in the morning, and I accidentally hit the alarm button on my key fob. (laughs) And my horn starts blaring at 3.20 in the morning, you know. But this is Texas, and homeowners tend to be armed. And you don't want that. You don't want that going down at three twenty in the morning. So I was like fumbling as quickly as I could to get the car alarm to stop blaring to wake up my neighbors. It was kind of funny. Humility—it's an opportunity at humility today. So there's a lot to pray for. A lot in the news, but anything uh, special on your plans for the weekend? Oh yes, uh, this weekend um, I have a friend who has horses, and they asked really? me to go in a help out with the uh, the horses and i'm like heck yeah and i know nothing about horses i've never ridden a horse you've I've never ne- ridden a horse uh well i guess if you count like one time when i was a kid we mm-hmm. my, ma- my mm-hmm. family went out and we like were walked on a horse okay but, were you on the horse yeah i was on the horse then you've ridden a horse i guess that counts <laughs> I mean, suppose. Did, was it actually a horse i mean yeah it was a horse well, but like a mechanical we didn't really thing do anything we just walked around not in a like circle. a merry-go-round you know, just like that? got on the horse and then we walked in a circle and okay. that was about it. Well, you've but ridden a horse. You, you are an experienced horseman. I guess. Yeah, a I guess you call me an equestrian. Yeah, an equestrian. There That's you go. Totally you. That's totally me. So when you show up today, you're just like, hey, listen, I'm an, I'm experienced. I got this. That's basically what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to shovel some uh, <laughs> some horse uh, dung 
and uh, <laughs> help them with, take care of the their stall. And oh, okay, okay. Fun. You're just fun. trying to be charitable. I got it. Yeah, got yeah. It. So we're gonna we're gonna be. Uh, guess what I'm gonna be doing Saturday. So it'd be kind of cool. You, I'm excited. Are you have the chaps, the cowboy boots? You got all that? Because uh, it's required. You can't ride a horse. Yeah. If you don't wear chaps, the boots, the hat, all of it. Right. Uh, Mr. Jesus Robles says, speaking about something to pray about, Adrian Fonseca, amen, brother, amen, <laughs> keep me in your prayers. Yes, praise be to God. yay and amen. Lots of news to jump into today, uh, praise be to God. We're going to have a, a breaking news segment for you here in just a moment. And then, of course, we will do Saint of the Day, and today we're going to Japan for our Saint of the Day. Uh, God is good. We'll do a gospel and maybe a little bit of reflection, and then coming up at 15 past the hour, Dr. Jules Gomez is going to be on to talk about the most famous convert from the Church of England to the Catholic Church in 100 years. It's kind of a big story, but what is going on with some people within the Vatican not really happy about this high-profile conversion? We'll have to figure that out. At any rate, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for your intentions and for the conversion of sinners everywhere around the world and for fidelity to uh, the church and her teaching and her, fa- and her faithfulness to convert sinners on planet Earth and, uh, and whatever else is on your heart. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now for the headline news. Epic Times reports prices are continuing to surge. Here's what's becoming the most expensive. Compared with just one month ago, consumers are paying slightly more for most goods and services. Compared with a year ago, however, they're paying significantly more. According to Labor Department data released this week, the Labor Department reported that the Consumer Price Index, a key inflation gauge that measures how much Americans pay for goods and services, rose about 0.4% in September. The year-over-year prices increased 5.4% which some noted is the largest yearly increase since 1991. Here are some of the samplings. Gas is up 42.1%. Meats, poultry, fish, and eggs up 10.5%. Bacon and similar products up 19.3%. Propane, kerosene, and firewood up 27.6%. Fuel oil up 42.6%. Uh, How about this? Used car and trucks up 24%. And of course, the most dreaded one for me, uncooked beef steaks up 22.1%. Lots of inflation going on. It's going to be a rough ride, people. Insider reports Amazon systematically stealing from its competitors. Internal Amazon documents show leadership at the company's India marketplace developed strategies to copy competitors and sell their own products at a lower cost, according to a Wednesday report from Reuters. Amazon has long been uh, received backlash over what critics say is undercutting the competition on its online marketplace and has faced lawsuits and antitrust scrutiny over the matter. The company has consistently pushed back on that characterization, including during a July 2020 congressional testimony by then-CEO Jeff Bezos, where he said Amazon does not favor its own retail products over those of third parties. 
Uh-huh. Sure. The Hill is reporting the House Democrats announce a bill to rein in tech algorithms. Top Democrats on the House Energy and Commerce Committee on Thursday announced legislation aimed at holding online platforms accountable for content promoted by their algorithms. The Justice Against Malicious Algorithms Act would amend Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which provides platforms with immunity from content posted by third parties and allows good-faith moderation to make platforms liable for certain dangerous content. The bill would only apply to platforms with over 5 million uniquely monthly visitors and contains exceptions for web hosting sites. Washington Times reports federal appeals court lets Texas continue banning most abortions. A federal appeals court is once again allowing Texas to continue banning most abortions. The decision Thursday night keeps the law known as Senate Bill 8 in place as the Justice Department tries halting the law. The Biden administration is suing Texas over the restrictions that ban abortions once cardiac activity is detected, usually around six weeks. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has now allowed the law to proceed three times since August. The Daily Wire reports Loudoun County School Board blasted over Daily Wire sex assault report. Parents demand resignations. The Loudoun County Public Schools Board was under fire during its public meeting Tuesday night following a blockbuster report from the Daily Wire alleging that the district covered up a sexual assault that happened in one of its high schools. Parents and other individuals logged on to the meeting to blast the board for, quote, hiding evidence, unquote, of the assault. On June 22nd, Scott Smith was arrested at a Loudoun County, Virginia school board meeting, a meeting that was ultimately deemed an unlawful assembly after many attendees vocally opposed a policy on transgendered students. What people did not know is that weeks prior on May 28th, Smith says a boy allegedly wearing a skirt entered a girl's bathroom at a nearby Stonebridge High School where he sexually assaulted Smith's ninth grade daughter. Juvenile records are sealed, but Smith's attorney, Elizabeth Lancaster, told the Daily Wire that a boy was charged with two counts of forcible sodomy related to the incident. Fight for School Loudoun County, which has been pressing for a recall of the full school board, also demanded the full board resign in the wake of the explosive report. And those are your headline news for this morning. The saying of the day, but before, uh, everything is now working. Praise be to God. And uh, But now, the saint of the day, it's a Japanese saint, so that means uh, Joe put everything here in Japanese characters, but don't worry, I'll translate it live. The saint of the day is Saint Magdalena of Nagasaki. She was born in 1610 in Nagasaki, Japan. Her parents were martyred when Magdalena was about nine years old. She became an Augustinian tertiary and worked as an interpreter and catechist for the Augustinian missionaries. Father Francis of Jesus Torero and Father Vincent of St. Anthony Simons. She became a martyr. She died on the 15th of October, 1634 in Nishizaka, Nagasaki, Japan, and was canonized on the 18th of October, 1987 by John Paul II. St. Magdalena of Nagasaki, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. 
At that time, so many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. And Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. Beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who, after killing, has the power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, be afraid of that one. Are not five sparrows sold for two, co two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Ophlicate says, He calls their hypocrisy leaven as perverting and corrupting the intentions of the men in whom it has sprung up, for nothing so changes the characters of men as hypocrisy. Yeah, but here's the kicker of this, uh, of this particular passage today. No one gets away with it. Think about that for a second. Think about all the times that we have longed for justice. I mean, I can't, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the times I have been cut off in traffic and have demanded justice as a result for this injustice done to me. No one gets away with it. But Joe, nobody has gone to prison for all of these major uh, crimes and, and injustices that happen in society. Yes, but no one gets away with it. The Ignatius Catholic Commentary said, The besetting vice of the Pharisees was hypocrisy. As leaven permeates dough, their teaching and example influenced the crowds in a disastrous way, especially when they fail to practice what they preach. And you might recall our Lord's words in Matthew's Gospel, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's chapter 23, where he says the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the rulers, they have authority to teach, but do not do as they do. Do not do as they do. We must be discerning in this. St. Ambrose says, Our Lord has introduced a most forcible argument for preserving simplicity and being zealous for the faith, that we should not, after the manner of faithless Jews, put one thing in practice, while in words we pretend another, namely, that at the last day the hidden thoughts accusing or else excusing one another shall be seen to reveal the secrets of our mind. The truth will come out, and we'll be right back. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. 
surely if you're thinking about the reality, the horror and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It's Friday. And coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to talk to a Hollywood stunt woman about how hard it could be to live a devout uh, Catholic life in the midst of Hollywood. Uh, stunt woman Brenda Lorena Garcia is going to be our guest at 35 past the hour. Rejoining our show right now is Dr. Jules Gomez, though, from Church Militant. Uh, there is a story that came out yesterday, and it was being talked quite a bit about on Twitter. And I've seen it characterized as the most important conversion from the Church of England to the Roman Catholic Church in a 100 years. And that should be great celebration, and yet some of the Vatican are concerned and not happy about this. So to get the inside scoop, we've re-invited uh, Dr. Jules Gomez to the program. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you again for being on our show. Good morning, Joe. Good to be back with you. And I'm very excited because I knew a Dr. Michael Nazrali personally as an Anglican priest. I respected him hugely. I was praying and hoping that he would become Archbishop of Canterbury. He was one of the two tipped off to be, you know, picked by the Queen. And uh, the Times on its front page smeared him so badly that he wasn't, no, he was just thrown by the wayside. And uh, they were so harsh on him that they even went to Pakistan. They sent the spies to Pakistan to dig up dirt on him, to discredit him, because he's a theological, theological conservative, uh, upholds the f- truth of scripture, uh, is not on board with the gay agenda, and the, um, the, the and particularly in Britain, of course, with the radical Islam welcome agenda. So this comes down to politics. Then uh, he's not uh, he's not towing the line. So therefore he he gets out. Now, so let me ask you a question: Is that what is that what led him to come to the Roman Catholic Church? Was it political? Was it theological? What was his journey like in making this decision? I, I suspect it was a bit of both because uh, you can't really separate theology and politics, particularly in this age when. We're confronted with monumental evil, and much of that comes through politics. Uh, but I, I, now, now, that's a very good question, because Michael comes from the evangelical stable of the Church of England, and the Roman Catholic Church wouldn't be a natural home for him, <laughs> as it was for the Bishop of Ebbsfleet, who converted last month. Uh, uh, Bishop Jonathan Goodall was an Anglo-Catholic, mm-hmm. so he virtually believed everything we believe as Catholics. But for Michael to make this, uh, you know, this leap across a, a really wide chasm shows that he's been studying 
my best guess would be church history, uh, sacramentology, theology, Mariology over the last year or so. And Michael has got three brains. He's a very, very good theologian apart from the many, many gifts that he has. Mm. And so it would, it would definitely have been theology because he would never, knowing Michael, compromise theologically and cross his fingers behind his back and you know, say he believes in something when, when he does not. But uh, having said that, I suspect the big push came from the political direction of the Church of England, uh, because very soon the Church of England in 2023, my sources tell me, with a living in life document that has been released as a sort of semi-synodical discussion going on on that, is going to legalize same-sex marriages, or at least same-sex blessings, as the Church of Wales has already done. Now, there's another very important thing, uh, Michael was responsible for the, for the birth of GAFCON, the Global Anglican Futures Conference, which is a worldwide body of primates, archbishops from across the world, particularly Africa and Asia, who are seeking to create an alternative Anglicanism. And as an Anglican priest, I myself hoped that this would, you know, rescue the church, uh, the, the rescue global Anglicanism. Mm. However, in the last year or so, uh, probably two years, uh, Gafcon has been silent while five women bishops belonging to Gafcon, uh, far, uh, from provinces belonging to Gafcon, mm -hmm. have been consecrated as women bishops, despite wow. Gafcon putting a moratorium on this. And Michael probably realized that Gafcon was dead, you know, basically flushed down the toilet and it was irredeemable, and that is what pushed him to make this big move. You know, one thing that I was seeing on Twitter a lot, and something I've always had a little bit of trepidation about, is the expediency in which whenever we have Anglican priests and bishops convert to Catholicism, they often nowadays, and since 2012, join the ordinariate of the chair of, the chair of St. Peter. And for those who don't know, the ordinary of the chair of St. Peter is a uh, a personal prelature from the Holy Father to uh, allow Anglican uh, communities to retain their patrimony, but be in full communion with the Catholic Church. Um, my only concern about that, or one of the concerns I have about that, is the expediency in which they ordain these priests. Um, it's a common for it to be said that whenever a convert becomes Catholic, they should wait two years before they even begin discerning whether or not they should become priest. Uh, is he going to be ordained in a rapid fashion? And if so, is this a concern? Right, Adrian. Now, that is, again, a very good question because they actually don't ordain priests rapidly. Uh, they make Anglican, ex-Anglican priests wait for so long, and some of these are in their 60s, 70s. Uh, some of them don't have the financial means to support themselves, and many of them have had 30, 40 years of experience as clergy, very good clergy, if I may say so, uh, the sad thing, the disappointing thing is actually they don't. And Bishop Gavin Ashenden, chaplain to the Queen, who came over around the same time as I did, about around two years ago, he's been sort of, you know, hung out to dry. Uh, and and, and the, the, they're just taking their own time. Of course, he did not join the ordinariate. He, his bishop invited him to join personally. And we were, we were told that his documents would be sent to the CDF. They never got there, apparently. 
What surprises me, actually, is the rapidity with which Michael is being ordained. He's being ordained on the 30th of October. Oh, wow. And I am asking the question, why this discrimination? Why is there a deal that has been done by somebody Mm. in high places? So why is it that you may get a very holy priest uh, who may be a very good theologian with many years of experience, but is not as high profile as Michael, and he is put, you know, to wait for two years, three years, four years. In one case, I know a priest, an American priest, who was, who's a very bright theologian, now a Catholic priest. I won't name him. But he was kept waiting for years and years and years. Mm. So why is this, you know, why is there no standard regulating the admission of Anglican priests to the Catholic priesthood. Do you? I, I want to get to the question over the Vatican's disappointment on this, but uh, but I want to ask two other things as a follow up to that. Uh, Gavin Ashton, uh, what, you know, I read a report I think a couple of months ago about how he had influenced many Anglican priests to consider making that same trip, and I wonder <laughs> if he had some influence on uh, on on this particular convert. Number one, and number two, uh, do you think? That um, that uh, and he's a lord. I, I mean, Doctor Michael Nazir Ali is he's, is he a lord? Is that an official title he has? Yes, well, that's amazing. Of lords, yes. Do you think yes. Lord Nazir Ali is has uh, had to contemplate carefully the fact that he won't be a bishop? He'll only be a priest as he's married. Uh, yes, uh, there is a possibility, as they did, I think, with the Bishop of London, Graham Leonard, who was one of the early high-profile converts that they will give him the title of Monsignor because he's oh, married, see. as they have done so with Monsignor Similar Steenson. to Monsignor Steenson in the United States. Ah, right, yes, exactly. Okay. Who, and Keith Newton is the ordinary of the ordinariate, and he's virtually the bishop to all these priests. Uh, so that is what might happen to Michael Nazareth. Okay. And do you think Gavin had an influence on him? I definitely think Gavin had an influence on him because Gavin uh, was also one of those uh, bishops who worked very hard to see if we could create an alternative Anglicanism. And uh, Gavin saw that, no, you know, even alternative Anglicanism was a Titanic going down very rapidly. And uh, when Gavin left, uh, Michael Nazarali would definitely have thought very, very hard. So let's turn to the story about the Vatican being not happy about this convert. And did they? Did the Vatican want him to stay an Anglican? And if so, why? Well, that interestingly has come as a surprise to many people on social media, and I'm surprised by the surprise because <laughs> ecumenism has been the big thing for the last fifty years. I mean, as an Anglican, I called it the biggest time waster of the last half century. But, I mean, if there's an Anglican, but, I mean, Pope Francis is bum pals with the Archbishop of Canterbury, and there's, you know, why would anyone want, and if you believe in this doctrinal, ecclesiastical, relativism, indifferentism that has been going on and has received a massive push from Pope Francis, why would anyone be surprised? I was told, many of my Anglican Lutheran friends were told, uh, don't, don't come over to the Roman Catholic Church because you need to be a witness as an Anglican. God has planted you there, placed you there, so stay an Anglican. 
uh, I was also told, and many of my Anglican friends are told this, uh, that, you know, we don't want bigoted Anglicans like you. Wow. You left the Church of England because you are uh, against women's ordination. Don't come here because we are trying to take the church forward. We are fighting for uh, women's ordination, and you're going to be a setback. You're trying to take the church back to the Middle Ages. So uh, uh, it comes as no surprise to me, but I've obviously had it from the highest sources uh, that, uh, you know, the, the highest occupant of the topmost seat in the Vatican personally met when he had a private audience with Michael Nazarani, tried to dissuade him from coming over. And uh, again, that shouldn't come as a surprise because my sources in Argentina tell me that uh, they were very close to the Pope Francis, and he affirmed uh, Anglican priests with it as Anglican priests. Now, if anybody wants to challenge me on this, I would say, well, go to Pope Francis and ask him if he would say Apostolicae Curae, the 1896 uh, declaration that was put out by Pope Leo XIII, declaring Anglican orders absolutely null and void. Mm. Is he going to overturn that as he overturned Pope Benedict's Traditionis Custodis? So that, that's my challenge to you, uh, wow. to, 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 to those people. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the confusion is. I mean, go forth and make disciples of all nations kind of seems clear to me, but uh, I'm not a pope, so what would I know? What would I know? Uh, <laughs> now, uh, so he, he's going to be ordained on the October 30th, and then do any idea where he will he serve right where he's at in the Anglican Ordinariate? Will he move? Do you, any ideas there? I think he will serve right in the Anglican Ordinariate, and uh, the Anglican Ordinariate, to its great credit, is uh, wonderfully flexible. They realize they're dealing with lots of, you know, independent-minded Anglican priests who came over to the Catholic Church. And there's a certain amount of freedom. Uh, so Michael has a marvelous ministry about persecuted Muslims. Okay. Uh, I suspect he might be doing that. All right. Well, praise be to God for the conversion of Dr. Michael Nazir Ali. Lord Nazir Ali, welcome home. Praise be to God. Dr. Jules Gomez, thank you for your time today. God bless you. We're going to be right back. More breaking news and stories coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite, infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. And, and uh, I'm your host, Joe McLean, keeping you informed and inspired. And here are your headline news. The Associated Press reports Biden signs debt limit hike, but December standoff looms. President Joe Biden on Thursday signed into law a bill raising the nation's debt limit until early December, delaying the prospect of an unprecedented federal default that would cause economic disaster. The House passed the $480 billion increase in the country's borrowing ceiling on Tuesday after the Senate approved it on a party-line vote last week. The eventual approval came after a protracted standoff with Senate Republicans who derailed initial Democratic efforts with filibusters and delays that require 60 votes to halt. Ultimately, a a handful of Senate Republicans agreed to join the Democrats and voted to end GOP delays and move to a final vote on the legislation. But Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has said Republicans will offer no support for another increase come December. The Hill reports Gupta tells Joe Rogan CNN shouldn't have called ivermectin horse dewormer. Last month, Joe Rogan announced he had tested positive for the virus and that after a few days of feeling sick, he was on the mend. He was taking Z-Pak and ivermectin, among other things, which had which has been approved for use in humans for some conditions, but is not recommended for the treatment of COVID-19. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's top medical analyst, told Joe Rogan that the network should not have referred to the medication he took to combat a coronavirus infection as, quote, horse dewormer, unquote, during its coverage of the popular podcaster's bout with the disease. Quote, It's a lie on a news network. That's a lie, and they're conscious of it. That's a mistake, unquote, Joe Rogan said to Gupta as a longtime medical analyst appeared on his podcast this week. Quote, they're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine, unquote. The controversial podcaster who has drawn criticism for past statements about coronavirus immunity and vaccines pressed Gupta about CNN's coverage. CNN was one of many media outlets last month that covered Rogan's announcement. He says, quote, bro, I do not. I do. I have to sue CNN, unquote. Rogan said last month, quote, they're making this blank up They're They keep saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I'm I literally got it from a doctor. It's an American company. They won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for its use in human beings. And CNN is saying I'm taking horse dewormer. They must know that's a lie, unquote. It was a pretty heated exchange. You should check it out on YouTube. The Blaze reports Gallup says majority of Americans now favor limited role for government since Biden took office. Last September, when the nation was firmly in the grips of the coronavirus pandemic with states locked down, businesses closed and racial unrest dominating the headlines, a record high 54% of U.S. adults surveyed by Gallup said the government should do more to solve problems. Now, Gallup finds that 52% of Americans say that government is doing too many things that should be left to individuals and businesses, while 43% say the government needs to do more to solve the problems. 
And finally, Washington Times says Biden is going to beat Pope Francis at the Vatican. President Biden will meet with Pope Francis at the Vatican on October the 29th, ahead of his two-day summit with leaders of the 20 largest economies, the White House said on Thursday. Mr. Biden, who is Catholic, will speak with the Pope about ending the COVID-19 pandemic, tackling the climate crisis, and caring for the poor, the White House said in a statement. First Lady Jill Biden will also attend the meeting with the pontiff. Uh, Catholic who attends Mass regularly, Mr. Biden has recently come under fire from some Roman Catholic bishops in the United States for his support of abortion rights. And notoriously, it's not likely they're going to even talk about his support for the murder of unborn children in the womb. And those are your headline news. Joining us now via Zoom chat is a... uh, uh, a stunt woman, someone who lives in Hollywood, someone who is Catholic and loves and uh, lives their faith. But uh, we want to have a conversation around what that might be like. Brenda Lorena Garcia joins us now by via Zoom Jack. Good morning to you. Thank you for your time. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Praise be to God. A stunt woman sounds like an exciting career. What are your what are your, some of your, your biggest projects that you've worked on? Wow, that's really nice. Uh, thank you. Uh, Avatar 2 is one of them. It's coming up next year, God willing. Ant-Man and the Wasp, a Marvel movie. Also, The Eternals is another Marvel movie. DC's The Suicide Squad. Um, Bird Box with Sandra Bullock. Transformers with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Baywatch with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Zac Efron, a number of uh, blockbusters. I've been blessed by God in that way. <laughs> wow, praise be to God. And did you always wanted to be a stunt woman? How did you, how did you find yourself in this position? <laughs> That's also a good question. The funny thing is, like, I always felt I wanted to be, like, an action person. I didn't know that stunts itself was its own <laughs> category. And so, because it's so seamless, so I thought, Oh, they're all action actors. So what I thought I wanted to be was an action actor, um, which is basically kind of the same. We do do action acting, but stunt doubles also have that um, that part of their job where we can be kind of a little more hidden and double for the actors, which is also an awesome component of the of the job itself. You know, when I was uh, younger, I watched a movie uh, with Burt Reynolds. And the actor who played in Airwolf, whose name is Jansen? I can't remember his name. Uh, They played two stuntmen in this movie. And uh, the big stunt was jumping a a car over a ravine. And it was like a big moment. Do do you, what was the biggest stunt you've ever done in your career? Most dangerous stunt you've ever done in your career? Uh, Thank you. By the way, that might be someone I know who did that stunt. (laughs) Oh, really? uh, How cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, an um, awesome, amazing, legendary stuntman. Um, but one of the most dangerous stunts I've done includes, a f- well, there's a few. Uh, I've been hit by a car. Um, you can feel that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Casual. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had done some fire burns, uh, jumped out of a building that was on fire. The, the building wasn't very high, but still... Um, it fell, fell off a 40-foot pier for Baywatch backwards into the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. Um, Downing sequences. Yeah, so a few things. Anything um, put you lot- in the hospital? See, I have a macabre sense of uh, humor, I guess. Anything no, put no. you in the hospital? <laughs> Good question, because a lot of people, well, hopefully not too many, but a number of some people have had to go to the hospital. But thankfully, none that have actually taken me directly to the hospital, thankfully. Well, praise be to God for that. Let's talk yeah, about I, let's, let's talk about. I your- do have- Guardian Angels, and I also make the joke that 
I, my guardian angel has a stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your Catholic faith. Uh, were you raised Catholic? I was born and raised Catholic. Very thankful for that. And um, oh, always, yeah. always uh, faithful and plugged into the Catholic Church, or did you uh, do you wander like uh, a lot of us Catholics That's do? Exactly what I was going to follow up with. I did wa- wander a little, but I never left the faith. I never like. Uncatholicize myself if that's even a word. And what's <laughs> well, it is now. You've said it, so now it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I went through this time of suffering, and I didn't understand it, which shows you how much I knew God, which mm. means I didn't know Him that well in order for me to panic as much as I did. Um, unfortunately, it met, it led me to wander a little and become curious of other christian denominations because i was so upset in my heart and in my life and so depressed and all these things um but the good news is god's like i got this girl and led me it all it did was it it convinced me more of my catholic faith because it led me back to the truth which is my home which is the catholic faith and i have been i've had that encounter which was so strong with christ and i have never looked back so i'm very thankful that i did kind of uh, I never left, thankfully, but like I said, I, I kind of questioned things, and it, like I said, it just led me back to the truth all the more, and I'm living uh, this life of conviction in Christ, in the church. What's, what's it like to be able to be in Hollywood? Because, you know, we has a horrible reputation of being uh, very degenerate, uh, not easy to be a practicing, faithful person in general. Uh, so what is it like being Catholic uh, in the Hollywood setting? Yeah, you know, at first... After this encounter that I just described, um, well, before the encounter, I was actually afraid, I should say. Before this encounter with Christ, um, this reversion or whatever it might be called, I was afraid to be a Catholic in Hollywood. I was afraid, oh, my goodness, like, I'm not going to be offered that many roles. And if I am offered that many roles, I'm not going to be able to take them because I'm afraid I'm going to lose more opportunities. I was so holding on to things that are ephemeral, things that don't you know that I shouldn't be concerned about now yes work is something to concern but never in a way that should compromise you You should never be concerned if you're going to compromise your faith and so um after this new encounter with the Lord I the Lord gave me the grace to not fear these things of losing work or or being who I am which is Catholic and so now I I live my life boldly unafraid of being Catholic and now most of my surroundings of people in Hollywood know that I actually attend daily mass. And I'm unafraid wow. to say I have reason to be afraid of that. So I'm very thankful for yeah, that. Grace be to God. I've seen, uh, I was following your Instagram and your Twitter and uh, it's this constant. It's like, it's such, so nice to see your tweets. Uh, very, all these quotes from the saints, from the Summa and, uh, and then your, your photos of working out in, uh, in very modest clothing. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. And uh, you were showing uh, images of you in your veil. And it's so inspiring to a lot of young people, especially young women who feel afraid to start veiling or afraid to dress modestly when they're doing those kind of things. We're about to go to a break, um, but I would love on the other side of the break for you to just talk about uh, a little bit about your uh, how, dressing modestly uh, when you're working out and how the fear, overcoming that fear of doing that and, uh, and your veiling experience. Uh, so when we get back from the break, we're talking with Brenda Lorena Garcia. She is a stunt woman in Hollywood about living her Catholic faith while in Hollywood. And so on, as uh, Adrian said, on the other side of the break, we'll address some of those modesty issues. And, and I want to talk about some of the projects and choosing them as Catholics. We're going to have that conversation coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a patron saint? The classic professions such as soldiers or doctors have patron saints who represent the ideal of soldiering or doctoring. And yet, so many of the trades and crafts on which the modern world depends do not have an ideal figure. There is no patron saint of plumbers, for instance, and G.K. Chesterton says there should be. It would be a revolution, for it would inspire each individual plumber to consider that there was once a perfect being who actually did plumb. In the meantime, what do plumbers and the rest of us do? Chesterton says, keep before your eyes the supreme adventure of virtue. If you're kind, think of the man who is kinder than you. That's what is meant by having a patron saint. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, we're talking with Brenda Lorena Garcia. She is a stunt woman in Hollywood, worked on huge projects uh, with some big names. Praise be to God. Brenda, good morning to you again. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me. I'm honored. So let's talk about, um, you know, the, you're publicly sharing your faith in your your social feeds. You're you seem not afraid to to be who you are sincerely and express your your love for God and for the Catholic Church. Not afraid of how that might impact your work. Do you ever get pushback on the set? Uh, does does anybody uh, you know come talk to you about the things that you do and say? You know, I I feel like when I was weaker before this encounter with Christ, I would get pushed back like that, and that just shows how afraid I was before this encounter. But after this encounter, I think you're at least speaking for myself. I, I, I think I noticed this grace of that conviction that I mentioned. And I feel like this conviction kind of gives off this feeling to people that she knows who she is. And I can only know who I am in the truth through the Holy Spirit. And I do have that confidence in God. So that kind of, kind of, I feel like, I've noticed it pushes people back a little bit and kind of doesn't make them pick on me so much anymore. So I'm not afraid of <laughs> Well, as a stunt woman, you could probably beat them up anyway. So maybe there's that too. <laughs> uh, what about the the modesty thing? That again, going back to Adrian's point, uh, that is a beautiful witness in a in a world that is hypersexualized. Uh, do you have any difficulties there? You know, I feel very thankful that. Um, because of this conviction that I live uh, with God's grace, I truly try to stand up for what I believe, which is to veil what should be veiled and cover what needs to be covered and live modestly as best as possible. And how well through your example, not only with what you wear, but how you present yourself, how do you speak of others? Um, all that is in the form of modesty. Um, I do believe that it's so important that with this example of modesty to wear this love of Christ in an exterior way, 
by veiling what should be veiled, and also in a way that's attractive to other people um, by being that warm, inviting person and showing them that um, you can be beautiful and fashionable and modest at the same time. You don't have to reveal things, and you're still as beautiful as ever. So I think that's Amen. important for people to see. Yeah. My uh, sister, actually, whenever she uh, she was on Instagram, she was following a friend of mine who was uh, does weightlifting, and she would go and do weightlifting and a skirt, and she would dress very modestly. She'd be, and my little sister was so uh, she was like blown away by that, and she decided that she was going to start dressing modestly, even when she's doing exercise. Do you ever get people contacting you saying, "Hey, thank you for doing this. It's really inspired me to uh, to dress modestly, to uh, act in a different way." And uh, and what about your veiling experience? How did you end up starting to veil? Thank you. Yeah, I actually have had a few people reach out to me on social media saying, hey, I saw your post or something about you wearing modest clothing. Because of that, I was able to find and buy some of my own modest clothing. Really appreciate you for that. And I feel I see that as a positive movement towards something good. And as long as there's some sort of positive impact for the Lord that's all that matters to me. And my, my hope is that it becomes a, a huge impact in the long run for his kingdom. Um, and as far as veiling goes, funny thing was not really funny, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I, didn't feel, I didn't feel worthy of it at first. There was something strange about it um, at first, meaning when I first had this encounter with Christ, uh, this new encounter a few years ago, uh, I wanted to start being so I wanted a veil. I thought it was the most beautiful, most holy thing. I was so like, I felt it as I am super unworthy to veil. And then uh, with much prayer and much desire, the grace that God gave me through this, this, this holy desire, God granted me this grace to have this peace to just wear it. You are sacred is the reason what he told them. He told me all people are sacred, but especially women with the ability to uh, give life. For example, this is our feminine genius. And, um, um, and because he, it, Christ is our Godhead, those are the two main reasons why I fail. Um, and it's been a beautiful experience ever since. So I've been doing that for several years now, too. Thanks be to God. I want to talk about uh, movies and movie projects as Catholics. You know, in my own life uh, as a young uh, young adult, I I loved all the big Hollywood films and and uh, the blood and guts, the gore, the language, the violence, the everything. I would watch those films all the time growing up. I had access to terrible films, apparently. Uh, but now, as, an, um, as a mature man, as a father, as a husband, and as a Catholic who's taking his faith seriously and trying to walk the walk, I, I find myself refraining from watching movies that I used to watch all the time. I find myself refraining from movie projects that are watching movies that... Uh, where language is is excessively used, or violence, or or even sex, I I try to filter that stuff out as best I can. But I wonder, as a Catholic who gets hired to work on on movie projects, do you pick and choose? Do the actors that you know? You don't have to name names. I'm not looking to call people out, but you know there are famous Hollywood actors who are uh, outwardly we're, we're they're Catholic. I mean, we know that they're Catholic. They claim Catholic, but they. They produce movies that I find are like, whoa, I mean, good grief. It's like a fire hose in your face. Um, how does that work as someone who's working in Hollywood as a professional? You know, I honestly wish I had a good answer for that. I'm not sure how that works. I I don't know how or why maybe some Catholic people might produce some things that might not seem in line with our faith. Um, however, I do know a number of 
good Catholics that will refrain from that as much as possible. Like um, there are a few that I know would no longer do kissing scenes ever again because they're married. And so they never want to go that way with their, you know, or offend their wife or their marriage. Um, so they've taken this radical route, for example, and only want to produce and act in content that is in line with the faith. But it doesn't mean it has to be something like cheesy and something like some sort of gospel message, not to, you know, not to call out anything, but you know right. what I mean? I do you know still, what you mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can still work in an awesome action film, but it can be family-friendly or something dramatic or romantic, but it can still be... Uh, well done, right? And the, 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 right. the use of gratuity is long gone, it seems, in Hollywood these days. Uh, back in the good old days, they would imply certain things. Uh, they wouldn't have to show them, but today it's like we we interrupt this plot twist to bring you violence, sex, or <laughs> gore, or something. It seems crazy to me. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, yes. My oh, my friend of ours, uh, Bug Hall, he was a. Uh, we were talking to him, and he was saying how they really try him and a group of friends that were Catholics, faithful Catholics, really tried to try to make a new uh, Catholic culture in Hollywood, and they felt like it was. It was tearing, dragging them through the mud that they were not really making a change on Hollywood, and instead Hollywood was making a change on them. Do you have a, a spiritual director to try to guide you through this? And uh, is it is it a fair assessment to say like maybe sometimes for your own spiritual health, some people need to abandon Hollywood altogether? Thank you. Um, I absolutely have one of the most amazing, most gifted spiritual directors on planet Earth. I feel so thankful very holy 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 man um oh i i'm so thankful for that but yes i do have a spiritual director and i i i hear what you say about what these other persons are saying but i do cover myself in prayer as much as possible i i want to tell you a little bit about my prayer life i start the morning with mass so after this i go to mass obviously and uh I try to do that before work every day, obviously. That's most important. And, um, yeah, do uh, some devotions. And the, the reason why I say this is because I do desire to be protected that much in Hollywood. And so I don't feel right now called in any way or threatened by this environment. And so I do hope that the Lord's grace through his mercy is gifting me with the ability to be some sort of light in some way for at least a few lives, whether it's in my immediate surrounding or in a larger way in Hollywood. Uh, let me. We have a, just a couple of minutes left with uh, Brenda Lorena Garcia, Catholic stunt woman in Hollywood. Uh, where do you see your career going? Do you, uh, what is the lifespan of a stunt person in Hollywood? Is it kind of like a professional athlete? By the time you're 40, you're, you're the old person in the room and you have to retire. What is that like for you? Yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, that might be the case. Uh, I know a lot of people um, don't want to hit the ground after age 35 or, <laughs> or after age 30, for that matter. But uh, a lot of the times we, including myself, try to follow a line or direction of stunt coordinating. So I've been training a little bit here and there and getting some stunt coordinating jobs, which is like, you know, the person that's in charge and oversees the stunts, mm. which is something I wanted to do anyway. So that's something where you're not necessarily putting your body in these um, positions or putting it in harm's way for that, uh, for that matter. Uh, so that's one route one can take or one can start producing and or directing and stuff like that. So those are some of the routes that some people take. And those are some of the routes that I've been uh, attempting to follow. So pray for me in that journey. 
Was there a film that you really wanted to work on but didn't get the opportunity? Oh, that's a great question. I just had to turn down another project with Steven Spielberg, and I really do hope it comes back around for me. But yes, that's one of those projects I really wanted to work on, but I I wasn't available. I was on a contract for another movie, and I'm still on a project right now in Arizona as we speak. Um, but hey, the you know I'm working for another ginormous name, so I can't complain. But I would love to have you know more projects with other like-minded legends like Spielberg and James Cameron, et cetera. And the, the project that uh, you're most proud of in Hollywood, what would that be? Ooh, that's tough. I, I you got to choose. You can't keep your options open here. You got to pick uh, one, just one. <laughs> you know, a, a very memorable one. I always go back to Bird Box. That was such a cool really? experience. Yeah. Uh, I had a very spiritual encounter while I was uh, working on that film. So, wow. Well, we're yeah. out of time, so that's a great, great cliffhanger. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to have you back so you can tell us about the spiritual experience on Bird Box with, I guess it was Sandra Bullock, right? Uh, yes, that's, that's All right. right. Well, praise be to God. Brenda Lorena Garcia, thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, and be safe out there in Hollywood. God. Guys, thank you so uh, much. It's dicey at times. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in the second hour for Catholic Drive Time, we would love to have you. Today is the day we pull out the prize out of the coffee cup of divine providence and give it to one of our competitors of fear and trembling. But you get three more opportunities to get in on that before we do. So tune in next hour and join us, and that might be you. You can hang out with us live on our website, grnonline.com forward slash C. DT. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. I have a friend who says that baptism is a symbolic act and that it has nothing to do with salvation. How can I answer him? Simple. Show him what the Bible says. Nowhere does the Bible say that baptism is merely a symbolic act. That passage simply does not exist. But the Bible does say this about baptism. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will put my spirit within you. Here in the Old Testament, we have a foreshadowing of New Testament baptism. In the New Testament, Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No symbolic language here. The book of Acts says, Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Ezekiel says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from your uncleannesses. The book of Acts says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel says, And I will put my spirit within you. Do you begin to see how God in the Old Covenant was preparing us for what He gives us in the New Covenant? Acts 22.16, And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. What body was that? The body of Christ. 1 Peter 3, 21, 
Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Scripture simply does not support the non-Catholic notion that baptism is symbolic. Scripture does, however, very clearly and directly support the Catholic teaching that baptism saves us, that baptism makes us members of the body of Christ, that baptism washes away sin, and that through baptism we receive the Holy Spirit just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived it. You have made it through the whole week. Isn't that amazing? Praise be to God. It is Friday. The weekend is upon you. So just imagine what you can accomplish today, and then uh, hopefully your weekend will be very peaceful and productive. I don't know if you're doing the honeydew list or you're going to go enjoy yourself. I don't know. Uh, We may get some fishing in tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. But uh, we're going to have a great hour for you this hour. We just wrapped up a wonderful conversation uh, with a Hollywood stunt woman who works on major Hollywood blockbusters. Brenda Lorena Garcia was our guest. We'll have uh, that conversation posted to our social feeds uh, at some point in the near future. Praise be to Jesus. We also spoke with uh, Dr. Jules Gomez as well. We had a Earlier in the week to talk about the Synod, we had him back on today to talk about uh, this big, huge convert from the Church of England that just is come into the church and is about to be ordained a priest, uh, Dr. Michael Nazir Ali. Lord uh, Nazir Ali is going to become a Catholic priest in the Anglican Ordinariate of the personal uh, chair of St. Peter, and uh, I think it's October 30th. And Dr. Jules Gomez uh, was on to talk about that and why some at the Vatican were not happy that he made that conversion. Hmm, that's kind of an interesting story. So we'll post both of those conversations on our social feeds uh, pretty soon, which, by the way, you can find linked up over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And I sent an email to the CDT insiders last night and shared with them uh, a nine-part series from Father Philip Wolf of the FSSP on Our Lady of Revelation. It is incredible. Did you know? Did you know? This should be a trivia question. Did you know that the sun danced in the sky? Yes, I know. You're thinking Fatima, October uh, 13th. Uh, 1917. Yes, that's true. It did. But did you know it danced over the skies of Rome more than once in connection to Our Lady of Revelation? Yes, true story. And I share that in a nine-part talk uh, series by Father Wolf 
to the CDT Insiders yesterday. So if you want to get that, make sure you join our email list today and you'll get it in your inbox, I want to say, at noon central time on Sunday. So go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to join the CDT Insider email list. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Are you ready for your weekend? I am. I uh, I was listening to the uh, my own Catholic drive time this morning. I was listening to the interview that you guys just had with Brenda. Yeah, Brenda. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, praise be to God. That was a fun conversation. Uh, pretty cool project she works on. Pretty dangerous work she does, though. Uh, she's a powerhouse for sure. So uh, we're we're glad to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the game show's coming up, and today's the day we give out the prize. That's always fun. Yeah, I'm really excited about our sponsor this week. Uh, she's actually a local Catholic mom here in Houston, and uh, she started her own small business from home. Uh, she sells Catholic pillows. Uh, she's giving away a Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart of Mary pillow for children. So it's wow. a really a $50 value prize. So I'm super excited to be giving that away today. Cool. Speaking of pillows, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Interesting. Interesting segue. Um, well, you know, speaking <laughs> of pillows, uh, I think I'm going to go and get one of those and uh, lay down and uh, take a nap after this. But nonetheless, it is still good to be here. Praise be to God. Nonetheless. Praise be to God. <laughs> nonetheless. In yes. spite of it all. In spite of it all. In spite of it all. It is still good to be here. And Brenda was a great guest. It was very enjoyable. And you know, when I was younger i used to want to be a stunt uh, actor i would watch it and i was like yeah man i want to learn cool. i want to learn kung fu and that's right. do all those fancy yeah. tricks I, that's what I, I when i was a kid i used to want to do did that did you watch the fall guy too and by kid i mean like two you watch the television show the fall guy i don't think that was a thing when i was a kid it was a thing when i was a kid uh that's a there's a little bit of a gap between those two <laughs> things a gap of a, roughly 90 to 100 years i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> just, just ballparking, ballparking my my uh. former fitness trainer when i lived in dc amazing amazing catholic men he uh was a professional stuntman for uh, uh factor fear factor oh wow cool. yeah no, and, i uh, love fear factor he growing up. was amazing fear i factor. loved him mm. so much yeah what is fear factor Oh, is it's that, a, is that a thing? It's a, uh, I'm, t- I'm he, teasing, he, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. He also worked for Hollywood as a stuntman. Wow, um, pretty cool. So yeah, neat. he's retired now. He's a 70-year-old man now. And he doesn't want to fall off of buildings anymore? <laughs> no, but he has a, a really amazing Catholic boot camp now. Neat. And oh, he neat. does uh, Catholic workouts outside the church. We should send Adrian to that boot camp. I and agree. He can report live. That would be I, no. Honestly, normally when Joe says things like this, I'm like running the other way. But like that actually sounds kind of cool. I, I was I was part I was part of that boot camp for two years. Uh, I Amazing. believe every person ought mm-hmm. to go to boot camp for three months in their life uh, because it gives you uh, so many more uh, uh, skills and value. And I want to be yelled at. And uh, the ability to do things like get out of bed early. Praise be to God. You know, boot camp is mm-hmm. amazing. It's a, it's, it's a soothing of the soul in many ways. Mm-hmm. And then in other ways, not so much. All right. Speaking of which, we need to get praying because we have some good news for you. Praise be to God. that We have Saint of the Day. And today it comes from Japan. So it's going to be fun listening to Adrian try to say Japanese words. Arigato. And then we're going to do Gospel Day and we play our game Fear and Trembling. So get ready to dial the phone number to be our contestant to get the last three opportunities to get in on this week's prize pack $50 value so when it's time call that number which by the way you can find on the website if you want to call early you can certainly do that but let's pray in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known 
that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And now for some good news. Praise be to God. LifeNews.com reports federal appeals court rejects Biden demand lets Texas abortion ban keep saving babies. That's a cool headline, is it not? The article goes like this. The full Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has rejected Joe Biden's demand to stop the Texas abortion ban that has saved thousands of babies from abortion. Last week, U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman, who was appointed by Barack Obama, sided with the Biden administration's Justice Department, which sued the state, arguing Texas's law was unconstitutional because it went against Roe v. Wade. Shortly after Judge Pittman issued his order, Texas officials quickly appealed and they sought an emergency stay of Pittman's order in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is known as perhaps the nation's most conservative appellate court. Appellate judges then temporarily blocked the lower court's ruling, and the Justice Department filed papers with the appeals court, arguing that allowing the law to stay in effect would cause substantial harm to the United States' sovereign interest and would disserve the public interest, unquote. It asked the full appellate court to reverse its order and block the Texas abortion ban. However, yesterday, the Fifth Circuit Court rejected Biden's demand, voting two to one to allow the ban to stay in place as the underlying lawsuit continues. This is the third time it has allowed the law to stay in effect, responding to various pro-abortion legal challenges. The new order Thursday could keep Judge Pittman's decision on hold for many months while the case continues, unless the Supreme Court steps in. The Justice Department now has the option to seek emergency intervention from the high court, but... The Supreme Court has already ruled in favor of Texas and its abortion ban staying in place, meaning thousands more babies might be saved as a result. And that is truly good news. Praise be to Jesus. The saint of the day is a Japanese saint. And uh, Joe put all the characters in here in in Japanese characters. But don't worry, I'm, uh, I'm fluent in Japanese. I will translate live. It says here, the saint of the day is Saint Magdalena of Nagasaki. She was born in 1610 in Nagasaki, Japan. Her parents were martyred when Magdalena was about nine years old. She became an Augustinian tertiary and worked as an interpreter and catechist for Augustinian missionaries, including Father Francis of Jesus Torero and Father Vincent of St. Anthony Simons. She became a martyr. She died on the 15th of October, 1634, in Nishizaka, Nagasaki, Japan, and was canonized on the 18th of October, 1987, by Pope John Paul II. Saint Magdalena of Nagasaki, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. At that time, so many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. Jesus began to speak, first to his disciples, Beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, 
Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who after killing has the power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, be afraid of that one. Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Ambrose says, For our natural death is not the end of punishment. And therefore he concludes that death is the cessation of bodily punishment. But the punishment of the soul is everlasting. And God alone is to be feared, to whose power nature prescribes not, but his, but is herself subject. In other words... This life is not worth nearly as much as eternity, and we should live as though eternity counts as the whole. Adrian, what did you find? Wow, this passage is like every point that I like talking about. I'll try to limit myself to just a couple things. One thing, uh, verse 2 here is incredibly, incredibly important. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, nothing hid that shall not be known. The sins that we commit in the privacy of our rooms, uh, with our blankets over our heads, with uh, when no one's around in the hotel room across the world, there is no private sins. Our Lord sees what is hidden. Our guardian angels see what is hidden. The Blessed Virgin Mary sees what is hidden. They are witnesses to our grave, grave sins that we commit when we think no one is listening, when no one is watching. All these things will be known to all people at the end of time. For at our death, these are the Father von Kochem said, and Alphonse Liguori, the doctor, moral doctor of the church, confirms that the whenever we die, if we meditate on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, we will not sin. Why? Because the, the four last things are so, so serious, so frightening. And so we think about this, the second coming of Christ. Uh, Father von Kochem says in his four last things that when we die, we are appointed once to die and then judgment, as scripture says. And at judgment, you will just be, it'll be you, the angels, the saints, and our Lord will be accusing you. And they will see and they will be made known the sins that you've committed. You will be accused of all the grave sins you've committed. But at the second coming, at the second coming of our Lord, all your sins will be made public for everyone to see. Everyone will know your deepest dark secrets, all the sins you've ever committed will be made known to all people at the second coming. Now, the fathers of the church and the saints and the doctors disagree on whether about the saved, whether the saved will also have them revealed, but they know for certain that the uh, damned will have it revealed. They say that maybe the saved will have it revealed. Why? Because it'll be giving greater glory to God to show what a wretched sinner you were and how God saved you nonetheless. And for the damned, it'll be even worse for them because it'll bring further shame on you, further shame on the people who've committed such grave sin. So remember, is this something that you want, uh, whenever you're about to commit a sin, is this something that you want revealed to the entirety of all the world and then made known how your sin affected others and caused other people's damnation? If not, don't commit it. I only got to one point, so there we go. 
Well, maybe we can get to more of Cornelius Lapidate in the after show, and or we'll just talk about movies and food. I don't know, but you get to decide that when the time comes, dear audience, by hanging out with us and commenting. So, But we are going to go to a break, and it's time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. So what I need now is someone to call in and be our contestant. That phone number is 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Your last three chances to get in on the prize, which is given away today, is now 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2:10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2:10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't share this, especially on Twitter, because you know how secrets go there. But I'm going to tell you, uh, but you have to promise not to tell anybody else. But here's the deal. There are a few things that we like to do on the game show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. Because you never know, you might learn something you didn't know before, and praise be to God, that'd be cool. We like to have fun with our listeners, and our listeners tend to be a really good time. They laugh with us, they're great sports, we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes. 
which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us and you're new here, I have three Catholic trivia questions, but I do not ask the caller the question. So they don't need to know the answers and they could still win our game. The reason why is because I won't ask them. I'm going to ask Janice. I'm going to ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, uh, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And today is the day when we pull a name out and we give the prize away. Janice, what could they win? Today we have a, a great sponsor, Blessed Friends Forever. You can find them on Instagram at uh, at Blessed Friends Forever. They also have an Etsy shop. It's a family-owned business where they sell Catholic pillow dolls, and they're giving away a Sacred Heart of Jesus, an Immaculate Heart of Mary pillow doll worth a $50 value. Uh, so this is great for children, uh, for grandchildren, for any child in your life who um, this is kind of their um, an, a, a way for them to honor the sacred heart and immaculate heart uh, of Mary uh, in their home. And they're giving away a nine by five Saint plush pillow uh, with a free prayer card. And the Saint pillows are uh, with a custom print by Marie uh, Marie. She's a Catholic mom and she has her own business. Again, it's Blessed Friends Forever. $50 value. Great, great prize this week. All right. Well, praise be to God for that. Uh, we are very grateful. Um, for our prize sponsors, they make it fun for us to give cool stuff away. We're very appreciative of that. So make sure if you have an opportunity to stop by their Etsy shop or follow them on Instagram, just to make sure you thank them to say, hey, we appreciate you being a sponsor of Catholic Drive Time. It means so much to us. So thank you, blessed friends, forever. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we're grateful to everybody who's tried to call in. But uh, Chris, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks good for morning, being on our program. Joe. We're so glad to be on your program. Amen. Where are you from, Chris? Uh, we're from Flower Mound. We're actually Chris and Cannon. We called in last week, but we want redemption. <laughs> you want redemption. Ah, well, praise be to God for that. It's good to hear you guys. What are you guys up to this weekend? Um, oh, well, we're going to, uh, uh, I don't know. Actually, we don't have those plans yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a large honeydew list. If you want to come over and help out, that's fine, too. That's fine, too. We usually have a family movie night on Friday night, so we'll see. We don't know what we're picking for that yet. Praise God. Well, that's exciting. That's awesome. All right, so you guys know the deal. You know the rules. You have opinions about who might be tricky or not. Uh, I'm looking at the questions. Hmm. There's one question I think that's fairly tricky. The rest, I think they're pretty straightforward. So you got good chances today. Are you ready to play? We are ready to play. All right, here we go. Uh, We're going to go with Janice uh, first, which is our custom here. Janice, can you tell me? Are are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you Mm -hmm. sure? Uh, Yep, I'm ready. (laughs) Are you sure? Uh, Yes, 100%. Janice, can you tell me what famous French Jesuit missionary was martyred by the Mohawk Indians? Oh, a Jesuit. Uh, Don't act surprised. It it did happen. (laughs) Um. That would be Father, or not Father, uh, Saint Isaac Jogus. Jogs? Jogs. Jogs. Uh, you know, he was a father, so it would have been fine oh. to say that. Mm-hmm. But your answer is Saint <laughs> Isaac Jogs, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm, maybe. Could be. Mm-hmm. Let's just uh, get a second opinion uh, from a double major Adrian Fonseca. Adrian, can you tell me 
What famous French Jesuit missionary was martyred by the Mohawk Indians? You turn my mic on. Uh, so the famous, the a famous French Jesuit missionary who was mm-hmm. martyred by the Mohawks. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. That would be Father or Saint uh, Bartolome de las Casas. Really? Mm-hmm. De las Casas. Mm-hmm. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Here's the deal, uh, Chris and company. Uh, Adrian seems to think it was Father de las Casas, whereas uh, Janice says it was Father Isaac Jogues. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Uh, we're going to go with Denise. Denise. Are you sure? Yeah. Wow, wow. Adrian, well, you're very quick on that, but you are, in fact, correct. It is right. That was an easy one, right, Chris? Yeah, Bar- Bartolomeo de la Casas is not a saint, and he was also a Dominican, and he also was uh, came from Hispania, Hispaniola. So he wasn't so, French. He's not French, saying. not a Jesuit, not a saint. And uh, yeah, so well all, done. all together, you were right. <laughs> saint Isaac Jokes, was a, he's a rock star, though, to be honest with you. He's a pretty amazing rock star for a saint in our church. What perseverance, fortitude, what heroic courage he faced to try to convert the Indians. So amazing story Amen. there. You are, you are in the cup. It may be your day. I don't know. It, it all comes down to God's holy will. But let's see if we can't double your chances for that. This next one, in all due fairness, is probably the hardest, in my opinion. Easy. Super easy. We're going to go to uh, super tricky Adrian here. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the term used to describe the exceptionally important bulls of the papacy? Not just the ordinary ones, but the exceptionally important bulls Mm. of the papacy exceptionally important bulls of the papacy. Yes, that would be a golden bull. A golden bull. Yes. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, Janice, can you tell me, what is the term used to describe the exceptionally important bulls of the papacy? Hmm. Would that be the um, the white bulls? The white bulls. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So because, it all comes down to color then. Yeah, because white is a symbol of purity. I see. And I see. Um, a mm. symbol of uh, holiness. Okay. Okay. And, you know, the papacy, uh, uh, sh- you know, should be a a, um, could, uh, a seat of holiness. Could so. be two on the nose, though. <laughs> I'm not sure. But here is the deal, Chris and family. Uh, Ginny says it's a white bull versus Adrian says it's a golden bull. Yikes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Janice again. Are, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> I'm so uh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yikes. I mean, uh, this is a great argument for needing a PR department at the Vatican because Golden Bull, really? Well, like, generally, that's bad. Like, it we don't want to. Well, it's not a golden cap, but. Exactly. Well, actually, exactly. depends on the translation. But it's Some a, translations did say bull. I'm just saying. And uh, the Golden Bull in Latin is the Bula, Bulla e Oroa. Which yeah. is uh, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. which which is not a bull like an animal. It's a uh, the seal, the wax seal. So all right, well, okay, don't fret. I think we can still double your chances. This next one, I think, is still fairly straightforward. We're back to Janice now. Janice, can mm-hmm. you tell me 
the doubt or denial of any truth revealed by God is called what? The doubt or denial of is any truth revealed by God. A heresy. A heresy. Ooh, okay, okay. Adrian, can you tell me the doubt or denial of any truth revealed by God is called what? That would be the sin of apostasy. Apostasy? Mm-hmm. Like a like a revolt of some kind. Okay, here's the deal, Chris and family. Uh, Adrian says it's apostasy. Janice says it's heresy. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong about doubt and denial of revealed truth? Chris, what say you? Uh, I think we're thinking it's going to be Janice again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Survey says... Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Two for three. <laughs> Straightforward. Not like that golden bull curveball that Adrian <laughs> threw at us today. Uh, well done. You're in for two. Praise be to God. So, All right. So what? I have a little uh, raffle box here. Yep. It, no, it's the Divine, the divine Cup of Providence. Coffee the Coffee Cup of Providence. Come now. Yes. <laughs> uh, and she is mixing it up. So we're going to get a good mix in there. So we want to, we truly want God's will. So All it right. could be your, I your have... name. It might not be. I don't know. Uh, I have our winner here. You have the winner. All right. I'm opening it up. And we have Chris Blackwell. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yay. You guys are the winners. Congratulations. Hey, well, Praise be to God. The baby, and we're hopeful because we also have a devotion to the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So this could be a new baby toys. Oh, wonderful. Praise well, God. congratulations. Praise be to God. I, I hear Amazing. future future CDT listeners what I hear. Yay and amen. <laughs> Yay and amen. Well, praise be to God. Congratulations. It was God's holy will that you should win today. And uh, well done playing the game, uh, except for that one tricky question. But that was Adrian's fault, not yours. Uh, yeah, and I think that go- there might have been with the Holy Roman Empire's was the golden bull, not necessarily the papal bull. Well, I'll fact check it. We'll see if we can do something. There you go. It's hard to fact check on the fly, though, isn't it? <laughs> at, any, at any rate, we're going to put you on hold. Congratulations. We're going to get you connected up to the prize sponsor. Have a great weekend, and thank you again for being on our program. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. God bless you. All right, that's going to do it for the radio side of our show this week. We're going to have the after show where we hang out with you, the audience, on the live video feeds, and you get to drive our conversation. Just hang out with us at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday. Praise be to God. Have a great weekend. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we tend to get a lot more casual about our conversation. Uh, and it's Friday, so, I mean, who knows? Yesterday, I think we went down several rabbit holes. So anything is possible today. Uh, praise be to God. That was a tricky question, Golden Bulls. Very tricky question, Adrian. Um, but teachable moment, it's nonetheless. Much, much less tricky. much less tricky in Latin. 
Because, oh, I'm uh, sure. And I'm uh, sure. in English, I mean, the word bull means like the animal. But English is the official language of planet Earth, is it not? Uh, well, I mean, if it's good mm-hmm. enough for Jesus, mm-hmm. good enough for me, right? <laughs> Yikes. Because uh, <laughs> it was one of the languages on the cross, right? Exactly. Right exactly. above his head. It says uh, it in English. No, I mean, Jesus wrote the new the King James Version of the Bible, so. The King James? Now, did he write the version that included the Deuterocanonical books? Yeah, I mean, it's the Apocrypha, mm. thank you, and they leave it in the back, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Course, oh, okay, okay. He wrote that version. Yeah, of course he did. Uh, versus the one today that doesn't have those. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mm-hmm. took them out later. I yeah. see, I see. So they were changing uh, Jesus' words. I know it, I know it. Crazy. Ain't that something? Wild, wild. See, this is an example of rabbit holes that we could go down. Yeah. Come on, man. I know it, it's true. But a, a papal bull, the word bull literally comes from the Latin meaning like bulla, which is the seal, the seal in which... Uh, actually, the word bula means like a bubble or blob, but it refers to <laughs> the seal that is on the uh, uh, that you funny. put on your on letter. And then the golden bull, uh, it was well, it's a type of bull which is sealed mm-hmm. by a golden seal. So the the bula is gold. That's why it's called a golden bull. Uh, so it's, it's very straightforward, actually, in Latin. Uh, so it's like which, is, so that, that's what that, that's why it's called that. Um, he is right, actually, that. The most famous golden bull was promulgated by the Holy Roman Emperor Charles IV. Um, but the golden bull was also done by other people as well. See, because the word bull doesn't really doesn't apply to just popes, which is why you have to say a papal bull, because it refers to any official letter that's done by a uh, anyone that has an official capacity. Uh, so a papal bull. So the, a golden bull would refer to specifically a special letter done by a um, the the Roman pontiff. Nice. There you go. Well, there you go, folks. Teachable moments. Praise be to God. I have decided uh, what movie I uh, I will watch this weekend. Yes. Yes. Uh, let me guess. Okay. Okay. You are going to watch mm-hmm. um, Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> Where's the? Ah, I needed the ah, ah, button. Yeah, thank you. I don't have that. Okay, button uh, let me try on. again. Mm-hmm. Let me g- give me a hint. Is it a children's movie? It is. is it? it is not a children's movie. It is a sports uh, related film. Sports related film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it Concussion? Darn it. Uh, Although I haven't seen Concussion. That's the one with Will Smith? Yes, that's I correct. I have not seen it. I heard it. it's good. I haven't seen it either. It's on my kind of my list of films to see eventually. Okay, which sport? Baseball. Baseball. Is it uh, 34? Or whatever it's called. Darn. Uh, okay, give me I, another hint. I have seen the film before. Seen the film before. I so have it must not- be old. Sandlot. Oh. No. That came back whenever you were like 30, right? Sandlot. <laughs> Ouch, man. Dang. You're uh, brutal. What else could it yeah, be? This is called film. Abuse to the Elderly. You've seen already. Angels in the Outfield? Mm. Uh, what kind of hint could I give you? Hmm. This is a film about how baseball was changed forever. Baseball was changed forever. Y'all in the comments, help me out here. <laughs> give me, give me, a, give me something. Yeah. Uh, first time I saw. Now, not that this clue is going to help you at all, anyway, whatsoever. But the first time I saw this film was on an airplane. Oh, okay. So airplanes were invented. Yes. Okay. So that, that narrows it down. Exactly. That narrows it down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm stalling for time so someone yeah. can give me the answer. Nobody's giving you nobody's the answer. Nobody's helping me out here. Because nobody knows. Nobody That's knows. Why. 
Come yeah. on, he's given quite a few hints. A baseball yeah. movie. Uh, he saw it on a plane. Oh, That's a uh, easy sci-fi one. Sci-fi Mike says The Natural. The Natural. Oh, Although okay, that is on. a good film. Robert Redford plays in that. Mm. Uh, the Natural. I am Field of th- Dreams. I uh, like that one too. Kevin Costner. I like him as an actor. Mm. Oh, two people said Field of Dreams. Uh, Monica said Field of Dreams, and Craig. so did uh, Craig. Yeah. Uh, mm. Is it Eight Men Out? Gosh darn. Okay. <laughs> All right, I give up. No, you're right. It's not deliverance either. <laughs> Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. No. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying you said Babe Ruth. <laughs> no, Sonia Morales did. Oh. The Apostle. Hmm. No. The Apostle? Sorry. I don't yeah, think it's a baseball movie. That's not a baseball movie. film. Uh, what, what is the clue? The clue is the film uh, is about true events, about how the game of baseball changed forever. Oh. <sighs> And it led to to the breaking of the curse of the Bambino. That's a big clue right the there. That is a huge clue right there. If you can't Bambino. get it now, I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. Now it's gone silent. Nobody has nobody has any ideas. Let's just see. Let's, Glenn said let's, the Sandlot. I said Sandlot already. Sorry, Glenn. We already went through that one. I already. I, I threw out insult and everything. Janice. Let's try Janice. Janice is a big movie. Jackie movie Robinson. Buff. Um. Let me see. Uh, Janice is a huge movie buff. So uh, because she hooked us up with her movie star friend today, uh, who yeah. was fun to talk to, by the way. Um, so I'm gonna. I picked my movie. I know what movie I'm gonna watch this weekend, provided I can sneak it in. Uh, it is a sports film about baseball. Do you have any ideas what film I'm going to be watching? Mm, baseball. Um, Rookie of the Year. Take me out to the ball game. I don't know. Is there a movie called like that? <laughs> well, I, I will. <laughs> I will say i i was a I was a movie buff when uh-huh. I was a child. Moneyball. Uh, is Where's that, the, uh, I need the, the ding, 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 ding. Where's the ding, 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 ding? <laughs> Moneyball. I got yes. it. I got uh, it. With no help that? from anybody. No, not a single person helped me with that. Except Google, right? Except no, Google. no, not Google. Uh, not Google. Ty Cobb. It definitely was no. not Mike K. <laughs> yeah. It was not Mike K. He did not tell me the, uh, that he, the answer was How Moneyball. How did Mike tell you the answer? I don't know. I mean, he didn't. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I said. He didn't uh-huh. tell me the answer. Uh huh. Moneyball. I've seen Moneyball before, and uh, lately I've been watching a couple of clips from the film on uh, on YouTube, and I'm like, I gotta see that again. It's a fascinating story about how baseball changed forever uh, with the uh, with the athletics uh, ball mm-hmm. club when they had no money. They were like the worst team in the league, and they couldn't afford to buy big players, and they lost their best players to bigger teams. And so the GM discovered a guy who was good at statistics and math, and he found a way to to treat baseball like you would gambling almost. You play mm-hmm. the odds. And so they began recruiting players that had specific skills that could provide specific statistical outcomes and uh, and they were able to build a playoff team and win 20 games straight as a result. That led to the GM moving over to the Boston Red Sox, which led to the breaking of the Curse of the Bambino, which got them back on the pennant after I think it was 80-some-odd years. And I happened to live in New England at the time when that happened. So, mm. um, so Moneyball, uh, played by Br- Brad Pitt. Have you guys seen Moneyball? Raise your hand. Who's seen Moneyball? Never even heard of it. Come on, man. Yeah. Sorry. 
Neither have I. <laughs> I know it. I know. I'm old. What do you want from me? Um, praise be to God. Do you, I, I have a question for you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, how many times did you go to block bu- Blockbuster Oof, all the time. in your lifetime? All the time. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many times. So uh, there is a meme that says uh, it's 2001. You're 10 years old. This is, this is a millennial meme. Uh, <laughs> you're, it's 2001. You're 10 years old. And your your dad takes you to Blockbuster, and then buys you popcorn. It's a good it's a good weekend, <laughs> and I I love that meme because I literally saw myself in that meme, and I yeah I just I have I have so many good memories of going to Blockbuster with my dad growing up. Oh wow! And uh, my dad was a big movie buff guy. He loved loved watching movies every weekend. And uh, but the thing is that um, he he loves watching like action movies. And as a young girl, I sometimes would get lost and just overwhelmed (laughs) with all the action going on. that I would like sleep during the movies. But um, that's risky. I don't know if you knew that. But (laughs) my wife was that way, too. Like, like I remember uh, when we watched um, Lord of the Rings for the first time when it was brand new. Mm. You know, and she like was so zoned out, and I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing?" Because like, sometimes it just gets it gets so complicated that I'm like, oh, no, it's I, not got, I lost." It's very I got <laughs> Super simple. I don't understand what the problem is, but uh, yeah, or like some of, one of my favorite genres of films is spy genre, right? So mm. movies that are about spy thrillers based on true stories. I love that, and she gets mm-hmm. lost in the complexity of those sort of stories. Mm. Did you ever go to Blockbuster, Adrian? Of course, of course. It shut down when I was uh, in, I think I would have been leaving, I was in middle school probably when it shut down, but my dad used to take us to Blockbuster, and we were there whenever Blockbuster started renting video games. So we would go, mm. and we'd, me and my dad would rent, we'd rent a, and my brother would go and rent a video game and play, because uh, play, uh, we didn't want to buy them, so we'd like, we would stay up all night, Friday, Saturday, beat the game, and return it by Monday. <laughs> so much cheaper than buying the game. <laughs> and then and then Redbox came out, and then yeah. Netflix took over the industry. Oh, I remember you Netflix, know, when they tried to, when they started doing the mail-in, and we were like, ugh, that's you horrible. You uh, Blockbuster tried to buy, or they were considering buying Redbox, and, or no, mm. was it Netflix they were going to buy? I can't remember which one. I, I get confused. I have to look it up again. But there was an opportunity where Blockbuster could o- have owned them, and it would have saved their company. But they refused, or they decided not yeah, to. Yeah, they didn't think that led the to the destruction thing, of yeah, their company. Was a good idea. Yeah. Now I think mm. there's like two Blockbusters left in America, and they're privately owned, right? They're not. I believe it's so. not That's a corporate correct. thing anymore. Yeah. Mm. Kind of sad, right? Um, uh, Sci-Fi Mike says Moneyball has a 94% uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. That's better than Fauci. <laughs> Did y'all see that? The yes. Fauci movie has like a 91%. Yeah. And, Which leads uh, me to another thought similarly related. But like a 4% by the p- critics. I you mean, by the how, fans. You know how on YouTube the algorithm uh, tries to give you mainstream media outlets all the time in your feed? Mm-hmm. Like CNN, MSNBC, even Fox News is in there, right? If you watch a lot of the, those videos that follow the mainstream narrative about the biggest issues of our day... You look at the like versus dislike ratio. It's hilarious. It's it's way out of disproportion. I mean, like the dislikes way outnumber the likes. It's kind of crazy, which which tells you it's a rigged system. That if YouTube's algorithm is dis- supposed to be designed to deliver to me what they think I'm going to like, why are they delivering to me all this mainstream news that nobody likes? Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Also, 
slight correction to what I said earlier. Um, my Joaquin just reminded me. We actually didn't go to Blockbuster. We went to Hollywood Video. That's what was next door to us. I remember now. A Hollywood Video. Hollywood yeah. Video. I completely forgot about that. Also gone, yeah. right? Yeah, same thing. It's a, like, it was the same as that con- concept as Blockbuster, just a smaller. Uh, and we had those one of those right next door to our house, and we would go there. And so, yeah, yeah. It was Hollywood Video, not Blockbuster. My mistake. But yeah, same mm-hmm. concept. It was the same exact thing, just a different uh, company. You know who else is in Moneyball? Chris Hemsworth. Guardian of the Galaxy. He is the Guardian of the Galaxy? Pretty sure. Isn't he not? Like he's Guardian of all the, all not, the aliens? No. Hold on. Is it Hemsworth or Evans? I forget. I, I don't... I, Chris I, Pratt. Is it Pratt? Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, how many Chris's do I need to... Do I get to guess the I correct so answer? Chris's in... <laughs> Why are there so many? It's not him. Hemsworth is Thor, right? Yes. That's okay, correct. so it's Pratt then that yeah. I'm thinking of. Which, by the way, speaking of actors that uh, we were talking to uh, Brenda, who is stunt woman in Hollywood, and um, I kind of wish she would have dived a little deeper on this particular point about actors who choose different projects. And she mentioned there are a few. We didn't name names, but she mentioned there are a few that won't do certain projects, like um, the actor whose name is escaping me, who played in. Um, the first Captain America film as a supporting character. Chris Evans? N- is that his name? Chris Evans? The guy who plays Captain America? No, oh. not him. But he played a, he played the Irishman with the boulder hat uh, character who falls from a train eventually, I think in the Winter Soldier film. At any rate, uh, he also played in Band of Brothers. Doug Doug Dugan. Yes. Mm. He's a Catholic, and he won't do sex scenes. He won't do scenes like that. Jim Caviezel mm. got in trouble with J-Lo because in Eyes of an Angel, or a- Angel Eyes, I think I can't remember the name of the title of the film, he refused to, to uh, um, do sex scenes with uh, J-Lo in that, in that film. They did a kissing scene, and she wanted to be topless, but he refused. Um, and then um, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt, same thing. He won't do scenes like that. In his films, mm-hmm. if you, do you guys want to interview a retired Catholic stunt person? Uh, so stunt man, mm-hmm. he uh, Larry Lee is a, a stunt man. He's I think he's now sixty years old or sixty five, but um, he had a huge uh, career in Hollywood, and he was featured in various films. And particularly, he was a professional stunt man for Fear Factor. And yeah, he he's a great great Catholic guy. Now, Sci-Fi Mike is using, like, Latin again. Evans is cap. Is that, like, Latin? Or is it Greek? Is it Aramaic? Swahili? Uh, What what does that even mean? um, Chris Evans is Captain America. Is cap. Does that mean... Oh, that means cap. Yeah, Captain America. As in Captain America. That's like young person speak. Mm, It's just a shorthand. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because cap and young person speak doesn't mean that. No? Mm-mm. What does cap and young person speak? I mean? can't reveal it to old people. It's a it's <laughs> it's a rule uh, that we have. Is this the rule? Yeah, we, we're not allowed mm. to tell people our secrets. Mm. I see. But I just see. know but you cap can... does not mean captain and yeah. young people speak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well there you go, folks. Uh let's see what else. What else is going on for this weekend? You know, there uh, I had a friend send me a text message last night about a story. Uh, out of the Gateway Pundit on Pfizer's nervousness about COVID vaccine origins uh, that conceals a horror story. You know, we covered this story a little bit because it's referencing the uh, Project Veritas undercover whistleblower 
videos. Neil McDonoghue. Neil McDonoghue. That's who it was. I wish I yeah. could figure his name. Yeah, he he also played in a movie called Standing Tall with with uh, The Rock. He played the bad guy. I loved him in Band of Brothers, though. That's probably my favorite Neil McDonough character. He was in The Arrow. He's also show. currently in um, Yellowstone. He's playing a, a sort of a bad character in Yellowstone right now. Um, I wouldn't mind talking to him. It'd be kind of fun. Problem is with actors, especially Catholic actors, they don't really want to talk about the like harder issues. They don't want to go deep on like how hard it is to to work in Hollywood and maintain their their state of grace. So they tend to be uh, they avoid such topics, generally speaking. Uh, but anyway, going back to this story out of the Gateway Pundit. Uh, I almost covered this in the news today, but then I held off. I think I may do a video and kind of read a little bit of the article because the article brings up, again, how Pfizer intentionally hid the connection to abortion fetal tissue uh, uh, with their with their uh, vaccine. And it goes on to talk about how these these children were born alive, born whole, and then harvested after. And that's it's gruesome. It's totally gruesome. It should remind us about the evil of abortion and the connection, which is why so many Catholics have have a conscience and don't want to be a part of it whatsoever, no matter what statement comes out of the Vatican over the floor. What was that? That was... Oh, that was Janice. <laughs> Usually Adrian does stuff like that. Now you're doing it too. Lord help us all. Uh, what else is going What are you guys doing this weekend? Anything good? Uh, oh, Sci-Fi Mike says he's 46. You're way too old to be talking like young people then, Sci-Fi Mike. 46, that's my dad's age. <laughs> ouch, doesn't that hurt? Why? It is, whoa, ouch. It's okay, 46 is not Good morning old. to you, Eric Rodriguez. Praise be to Jesus Christ. What are you guys up to this weekend? I'm just curious. Let us know. What is this? Uh, Larry Lee. Oh, that's the stuntman. Well, maybe. We'll see. Mike K says, when two vegans get in an argument, is it still called a beef? Mm. No, it's called a soy. Well, faith and fitness... <laughs> It's called a soy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Soy boys. Um, isn't the soy boys say, let's go, Brandon? I'm just curious. No. No? It's not? <laughs> no? Mm. Okay. Chad say, let's go, Brandon. It's Chad that does that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's okay. go, Brandon. So I, I, I saw a report that uh, there, uh, actually, Biden uh, talked about the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine being available for children. Insane. Um, by the end of this year. Moderna's the one with the heart issues. Mm, and they yeah. want to give that to kids? Yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm concerned that it'll eventually become required for children to go back to school in the fall of next year. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I remember growing up and um I went to public school as a, a child and I uh you had to have your vaccines, you know, up to date to be eligible to be enrolled for the next school year yeah and it's just it's become a practice that's just become so um custom that um i can see them pushing the same the same thing for this covid vaccine yeah but you know when i was a kid i couldn't even figure out how the seatbelt worked and then one day it just clicked (laughs) (laughs) adrian are you awake over there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, that that joke. <clears throat> I, 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 oh you know how I feel about that joke, Joe? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> hey, do you, do you ever go to concerts? Uh-oh. 
You ever go to concerts? Uh-oh. Yeah. You know, let me ask you a question. What concert costs only 45 cents? I don't know. A Nickelback concert? Mm, close. 50 Cent featuring Nickelback. <laughs> there you go, folks. <laughs> oh, I already said that one. I can't do that one. I'm going to do a different one. Okay. <laughs> just for the record, just so y'all know, Joe doesn't actually know these. He's looking them up. That's, revealing his secrets. That's not true. So mm-hmm. so not mm-hmm. true. Jeff Berger said, family birthday party tomorrow. Praise be to God. That's awesome. Happy birthday to whoever in the Burrier family is having a birthday tomorrow. Eric says, no mm-hmm. kid terminates this weekend, making Sunday mass for sure. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. What else did we miss? <laughs> uh, Sci-Fi Mike said... Uh, Hurts more, hurts more than my back right now. I'm assuming he means the comment about old age. Uh, let's see. Maureen says, bad dad joke. Yeah, that's why I feel. Mm-hmm. Buddy, Kane, Buddy Canine says, in texting, what does IDK stand for? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, dude. I, I can't no help idea. you there. No idea. <laughs> I don't know. Hint. Hint. That's the answer. I have no idea. <laughs> It's Friday, so did it's you, totally off the rails now. Did you uh, Did you guys see that new iPhone that's a flip phone? That is it's a smart, but a flip phone at the same time. It's an iPhone? Yeah, so I think Google Google just came out with, uh, or Samsung came out with a new phone. It's not an iPhone, but it looks like an, it's like an iPhone, but... So it's a smartphone. It's a smartphone, but it's a flip phone format. So you can flip it open and down, but when you open it, it becomes a smartphone. It's really interesting. I don't know how long. I don't know if that trend will become popular because I feel like. So the the flipping of a of a smartphone became a thing a few years ago, and it was horrible. Uh, the the hinge would it would crack, and it was very mm-hmm. delicate. And then when they would close it, it would it be an issue where things would get stuck there, and they crack their phones. Um, so this new one is supposedly much better, higher quality glass, and it's not going to be, uh, bending the screen. So hopefully it'll be better. Uh, I've heard really good things about it. I have a couple friends who have one and uh, they seem to like it. And uh, I think, um, the trend may keep going that way because it's uh, moving towards like, you can actually have a small phone again, but then whenever you're using it, you can have a large phone to have a good screen size for texting and watching videos and things like that. So it's kind of a, it's a nice little, um, uh, balance between giving a small and large phone. So I, we'll see what happens, but it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's interesting. Hey, uh, Sci-Fi Mike brings up a good, good question. Who is fasting for Speaker Pelosi today? Was that a thing? I that is a thing. I wasn't. Archbishop Cotaleone called for prayer and fasting for her conversion, oh. as well as the other pro, pro-choice pro Catholic politicians, <clears throat> or even non-Catholic politicians, all oh. of them. But we also need a, a fast for Biden. Good grief. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing? If when he goes to uh, visit uh, Pope Francis, that they do discuss, uh, like, I don't understand why that's not a thing. The Pope put out another statement yesterday about uh, how abortion is, he is. is murder, how abortion is murder. He even encourages the pharmacists to not participate in abortion. I mean, that was just yesterday. It's a statement. It's on Vatican's website. It, it, to the participants in the Congress promoted by the Italian Society of Hospital Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Services of Health Authorities. There's a little statement here that he says, you know, abortion is wrong. Don't participate. And yet he meets with Nancy Pelosi and he meets with Joe Biden and, and he doesn't talk about abortion being murder. And the moment of dialogue is there. 
you know, that chance to encounter, to journey with, to disciple, to, uh, to be among them, and to have that, that uh, charitable conversation, and you don't take it? I mean, really? Or do they, and we just don't ever get told? I don't know. My money is probably they don't do it at all. They just avoid it, and they talk about climate change. <clears throat> it's unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate. So uh, I'd say let's pray and fast for uh, President Biden, too. I mean, I, anyway, I could go on. But, oh, by the way, let's talk about the handshake from Nancy Pelosi and uh, Pope Francis. I saw that uh, summary video that mm-hmm. Taylor Marshall mm-hmm. made. What are your opinions? Do you think that was a Freemason or, as Taylor My- uh, Marshall might say, a Freemasonic? It's not a word. Freemason handshake? Uh, do you think so? You do, Denise? Adrian, do you? Nah. No? Can't be. She's a woman. She's Women a aren't Freemasons. Ding, 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 ding. Where's the, where's the buzzer? Where's the, the ding, 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 ding? Yes. I, as someone who was a Freemason, um, uh, third degree master Mason, you, you don't teach the women the secret handshake. By the way, there is a, we were taught a secret handshake, which includes the forefinger between the knuckles right there. <clears throat> so that's where that would be. It would be placed right between the knuckles, not down here. It'd be up here in the knuckles, number one. And there, there was another secret uh, signal that we would have to do as well. Uh, if you were in a state where you needed emergency help, uh, your life was at risk or whatever, and you needed help, you would do this other thing, and you would say certain words, and Freemasons around you were obligated to come to your rescue. Uh, there is uh, a nice tradition, or not, it's not nice, but there's a tradition that Santa Ana, before he was captured, or as he was captured, gave this sign, and the Freemasons uh, recognized it, who were among the Texans, and didn't kill him. And uh, Sam Houston, who was himself a Freemason, released him as a result. That's a, a tradition among Freemasons anyway. Um, but you don't teach uh, the ladies that, because ladies aren't part of the lodge. Now, it's possible. I don't know this. I have no idea whatsoever. But it's possible that Nancy Pelosi's husband could be a Freemason. It's possible. I, I Again, no idea. I have zero knowledge on the matter. Well, you can't if, be, you can't be if, Catholic. And if she, well, that's true, but that's a different point. If, if, let's just say for the sake of the conversation, hypothetically, that Nancy Pelosi's husband was a Freemason and she was an Eastern star, you still don't teach the Eastern star ladies the secret handshake, nor do you teach them the secret emergency sign. So, you know, this whole Freemason, Illuminati, whatever, um, I think it was just two old people holding hands awkwardly and, um, and smiling for the camera because they were like, yes, Finally, we get the moment to show that we are in solidarity with each other. Uh, and, uh, it doesn't and, make it much better. And, oh, and look, he's not asking me about abortion, which, uh, yeah, Awkward. right, doesn't, doesn't really make it any better, does it? Um, what were you going to say, Janice? I was going to mention, um, well, I, you can't be, from my understanding, you can't be Freemason and Catholic. You can't, Or yeah. pr- profess that you're Catholic. So, right. um, I didn't know, um, I thought once you become a Mason, you can't technically, like, leave the masonry. So you you swear blood oaths, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. we covered this actually with David O'Gray on the show. David O'Gray was uh, also a, a Freemason before he became Catholic, and um, you swear blood oaths. So you you swear an oath that you will not only help commit murder for those that would reveal the secrets, but you yourself would subject yourself to being murdered <clears throat> by being your your guts being ripped out and your being torn, your body being torn in twain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that alone is a violation of 
mm. of our Catholic faith, making those blood oaths is a violation. Well, mm. All by itself, let alone the other issues uh, over the... Um, uh, the deist issues. I mean, there's all kinds of problems within David. Uh, we should link to it, maybe. Yeah, David O'Gray is actually. So he wrote a book. Um, what is it called? The Catechism on Freemasonry, or something like that. Yes, and he points and, canon law. Yeah, but the the uh, interesting point that I wanted to bring about um, about um, our friend David O'Gray. I just said his name a second ago. And my brain just yeah, just, like, it's shut a, down. Who are done? It's Friday. <laughs> it's yeah, it's Friday. World, world, it's all uh, David O'Gray just got uh, uh, put on by the by one Peter five to make a series of articles on Freemasonry. So that'd be cool. So make sure you're following 1 Peter 5. Yeah. They're putting out great stuff right now. And uh, David O'Gray will be a regular contributor talk about in, uh, writing about Freemasonry. So. Yeah. So yes, the, ca- uh, the canon law does still state that you can't be a Catholic in good standing and be a member of a secret society. So still mm-hmm. states that. In the previous version of the canon law, it stated specifically Freemasonry. But now it says secret societies because there's more than one. Freemasonry is, is so part I'm assuming of it. you were part of it before you became Catholic. Correct. Yes, okay. I was. I was third degree master mason when I joined RCIA. Okay. So, yep. Well, you, well, how old were you? I was time? in my twenties. I don't. I don't know. Twenty four, twenty five, something like that. At any rate, that is going to do it. Maybe we'll cover that topic again because uh, it's uh, the talk. It's talked about right now. So maybe we'll get, get David L. Gray back on for that. But God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Next week, uh, we're going to have a great lineup of guests. We're very excited about it. Uh, we're going to cover Jack Pasovic is going to be on next week to talk about the psyop that could be happening with uh, the Facebook whistleblower. Timothy Gordon's coming on Monday. Luke Burgess on Wednesday. Mike Parrott. Thursday, and attorney Peter Breen is going to be on Friday, so full show lineup. God bless you. God love you. Tell a friend. We'd be great.